Good morning and welcome to Mornings with Ken. I'm so glad you stopped by. Go get that cup of coffee, that virtual donut. Kick off your shoes and stay a while. I'm really glad you're here. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions. So they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda cause they've got to fill that quota. And the way things are, I'll bet they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. No tea. Hey everybody, welcome back. Hey, um, today's show, um, today's topic was uh, brought to me by a friend of mine, Phil. I'm not going to say Phil's last name, but he knows who he is. And um, yeah, he presented this uh, topic for discussion. And I was hesitant to go down this road uh, because it involves people even though they're a public figure, um, they're real, they're, you know, human beings, they have a family, and it's hard to talk about um, other people because I wouldn't want someone talking about all my failures in life on the radio or podcast. But they are public figures, and I'm going to try to be gentle, but yet to the point, um, so today we're talking about accountability. That's where this is going to, uh, head to. It's going to lead into accountability. And first I want to talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Um, for those who may not be familiar with Elizabeth Holmes, she was the creator and, and, and founder of Theranos. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes. Um, I believe she went to Stanford. I don't think she graduated, though. But she's a brilliant person. I mean, a brilliant mind. Um, Her goal was to be the Steve Jobs of the science world. Long story short, she developed a machine that would test for a blood test machine that would test for hundreds and hundreds of diseases without really having to go into a doctor's office. You could do it at, a, at Walgreens and or you could have one in your home. Eventually, this was her goal, was to put um, this machine in everybody's home in hopes that you would take your own blood sample, put put it in the machine and the machine would run it through some tests and give you a printout of what your blood is, what disease you may have. Are you showing some signs of heart disease or um, high blood pressure or um, all kinds of different diseases, hepatitis, whatever can be tested in blood. And the machine was supposed to be able to test 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different types of uh, um, potential things going wrong with your body. Well, the problem was she never got the working model to be successful. She, the machine she wanted to invent, it never was successful. It failed. It failed miserably. And she got millions and millions and millions of dollars through investors to try to, you know, create this machine. And it never did work. And the people working for her, the scientists, told her it's not going to work. There's too many problems with it. It's not accurate. It's not going to work. You need to make the machine bigger and it needs, it's going to be more complicated. And she refused to listen to the actual people creating the machine to get it to work. She actually would fire people if they told her something she didn't want to hear about the machine was not ready yet. It's not going to work. We need to fix things. Um, She would literally fire people if you didn't agree 100% with her. She wanted no excuses. She wanted the machine to work in her parameters. And they told her that basically it can't be done. Well, she ended up having some of the investors coming in to see how the machine worked. She would lead them into a room where the machine was. She would have the pharmacist or whoever prick prick the investor's finger, then swiftly move them out of the room to another room. And the, the investor would think his blood sample was going into the machine to be read. But quickly, the, the technician would take the blood and run it up through the lab the old-fashioned way and get the result of his blood test. Then he would, they would come back and say, well, here's your blood test results. See, the machine works. But they, were, it, they lied about the whole thing. They deceived a bunch of people. And she wouldn't listen to her workers that she hired, the scientists. Um, so now, of course, now there's a, there's, a, there's a case going on in court. She's being sued for defrauding her investors and um, lying about uh, the machine working. She had it installed in Walgreens and led them to believe that it worked and it did not work. So she is in court uh, for a host of charges. And she seemed like a good-hearted woman that she really wanted this machine to help save lives by quickly giving you blood test results. But it failed. And it failed because she did not allow accountability. She did not allow accountability. If you didn't agree with her, you were fired or moved to a lower job. She did not allow accountability in her business. And when you don't allow accountability, um, 
bad things can happen. So uh, we're waiting to see, you know, I'm waiting to see how that trial is going to work out because um, I thought it was a, a, a neat idea to have this machine, uh, but you can't defraud your investors and lie. Um, so we'll see how that case turns out. Uh, the next the next person I'm going to mention is, uh, and I'm going to try to be really gentle because I care, I care a lot about these two next people I'm going to name. I'm going to name. Um, Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll was one of the founding pastors of Mars Hills Church, I believe in Seattle, I believe it was. Uh, Mark Driscoll, um, great author, um, great uh, uh, teach, teacher of the word. I mean, he's just really solid in his biblical teaching. But... Mark, according to then, now this is public record, um, and this isn't to defame Mark Driscoll. Um, I actually um, care a lot about the guy, and I, I know he's back in ministry, and he's he's going to probably do a great job because he's really believes sodly in the word sod sod. Oh, I can't talk, but he believes in the word of God and preaches a great doctrine. But Mark, um, leading this uh, mega church, Mars Hill, he seemed to run his church very with a strong hand, and just very abrupt. And they considered him very um, mean spirited, and I guess the you know the, he he was just too abrupt. Too, um, you know, ran it like a dictator, and he was abrupt with people, and um, I mean, really, that's about it. He he wasn't really accused of anything um, else, but rather just not being gentle, being overbearing, and in the end, he was let go of his church. But now he's back in ministry and, and doing pretty well, and I'm happy for him. And But I think, you know, again, here's, here is a, a pastor of a, you know, mega church. It's doing wonderful. The pastor is preaching the word of God. I don't know if anybody is familiar with Mark Driscoll. Um, just a solid biblical teacher, solid in his teaching. Wrote, wrote many books and wow just a great success story but again he lacked accountability and I, I wonder if did he have anybody in his life that he was accountable to like you know a, a friend that could speak words to him um, to keep him accountable in ministry you know maybe another pastor or a, a person in the congregation and I'm not sure what their church church structure was if they had uh, elders I'm assuming they did um, they, uh, but I don't know if they were elder led or how much weight the pastor had 
on the board. But that's why I think it's important if you're in leadership, whether in, in the secular market or in the Christian realm, to have accountability and to be led, be a part of the leadership, but not the main leader. In a sense, having an um, eldership board led by the elders and the pastor willing to submit to the elders to be held accountable for his actions, his preaching, his morality, all that. And um, in the end, I guess, um, you know, the elders did um, make him accountable, but it, it took very long. It, this went on for years and years and years of him not being held accountable for his, uh, his demeanor. And I think if, if you accept the accountability, then that's when things can be worked out. If you're willing, if you're humble enough to accept accountability from your, in his case, the board of elders. But if you want to be a one-man show and a one-man, you know, board, <laughs> those things uh, rarely work out. Um, it's 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 a it's a disaster. Um, but now, having said that, he's back in ministry again, and from you know from what I could what I read online, he's doing pretty well, and I I hope lessons were learned, and I I speak nothing but blessings towards Mark Driscoll. Um, he's a fabulous teacher, um, just fabulous guy. Um, moving on to uh, next. James McDonald, James McDonald, I think his, he, he was in Chicago, Harvest Bible Church, I believe, Harvest Bible Church in Chicago, another mega church pastor, and they spawned off, spawned off a few uh, other churches that he was in over, oversaw too, and James McDonald um, kind of got in the same trouble as, as, as Mark Driscoll in a sense of of leadership and then a little bit of morality issues. So a little bit of leadership uh, being a little bit too rough and too, um, you know, hard and, and not being humble and gracious. And I believe there's some morality stuff too. I'm not going to get into that. Um, that's been dealt with um, by the church. But again, where was his accountability? Where was his accountability? Did he have guys, a, a group of guys around him to bounce things off of or to check him and say, hey, James, man, the way you spoke to so-and-so or the secretary or the assistant pastor or the youth pastor, Man, you, you got to tone it down. That's You're out of line. You're out of line, James. Um, you know, come on now. Let's, what's going on? Um, what's going on in your life? What's, even if you're in a position of, especially if you're in a position of leadership, you got to be willing to submit to, in a church setting, your elders or your deacons 
or even your, your, your congregants, the members of the church. You can't be so prideful that you're not willing to be spiritually checked um, by your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, as long as it's done in a gentle way. But you, you cannot go against accountability. That's a scary place to be, is when you're not accountable to anybody but yourself. Because do you trust yourself? I don't trust myself. I mean, I know I know my sinful self. If I'm not accountable, if I'm only accountable to myself, <laughs> that's laughable. I'll mess up. I'm accountable to people, and I still mess up. So there's that. There's that. So, yeah, accountability. Um, now, James McDonald, I think, is um, also back in ministry. I think he does a, um, a live stream, um, church online. I'm not sure about that, but um, I pray that that lessons were learned and accountability is 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 starting to shape up because you know the bible says pride cometh before a fall and if you reject accountability i think that reveals pride it reveals pride and although the people i mentioned here um elizabeth holmes mark driscoll and james mcdonald i know they're public figures but this goes even for um guys like me and you who are um, not public figures. We're just your average Joes out there making a living, but we need accountability and we shouldn't shy from it. Um, I'm glad that I feel um, that I have guys around me that will call me out if I'm out of line. I've had it done before um, by some guys that have said, "Hey, Ken, man, you're you're misspeaking there. You you went a little overboard." Or, you know, "Hey, Ken, what did you just say? Ken, you're out of line, man." I know, I know, my pastor has done that to me privately. Um, has called me out and said, "Yeah, you what, Ken? That's sin." Um, <laughs> I know some good guys that I have coffee with. I trust them with accountability. I, I, I trust them that they will call me out when I'm out of line. And uh, it's not, you know, you, it's not that you need 20 people to be accountable to, um, but you got to have some close friends that will call you out. And I don't care if they slap me in the back of the head. As long as they keep me in line, I'm okay with that. Because like I say, I know myself and I don't trust myself. And um, so don't be afraid of accountability. And if you don't have those uh, close guy friends, um, develop one. Start developing relationships in your church um, to uh, be accountable. Be accountable. Um, start with, you, you know, maybe you and your spouse, you and your wife or husband. Um, start there and be accountable, at least in the home, um, to your spouse. 
But also, um, real quick, uh, you know, when you're, when you're close to, uh, well, when you have a pastor who's kind of well-known or it doesn't have to be well-known, maybe just locally in your only, your own church body locally, and you really admire them and you, you think they're just the greatest and man, you just think they could do no wrong. They preach the word solid and then something happens and there's a, a, a accountability issue a character flaw develops and it's made known um, you know it's easy to be let down and because you look at these guys as like spiritual heroes you know they're just spiritual giants they can do no wrong but we all know better uh, just because someone has is sitting in a seat of notoriety of importance or, or notoriety in general is it, it doesn't mean they're a hero um, I mean it's okay to have people that we admire and they spur us on um, as you know I, I recently lost um, a, a pastor a friend and a mentor in my life that I looked up to and I love him. I love him. I, I, he was a great inspiration in my life. And I, I knew him very well. I knew him. We've had, you know, knew him very well. And I, and I could say, I, I have more great things to say about him than I ever would negative because, um, man, he, he was a great guy, but I, now he's passed away. And I have to take what he's given me and uh, remember that and remember what he taught me about the word and uh, living out the word. And, it's you know, so if you've been disappointed by um, someone in your life, maybe a pastor has disappointed you in some area. Um, remember, there's only one hero and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the heroes, is the hero. We can have earthly mentors and friends and pastors, but they're not Jesus Christ. He's the only true hero. So you got to make your faith your own. You can't put your faith in your pastor um, as great as he might be. You can't put your faith in that you have to live out your own faith. It's your faith. It's not your pastor's faith. It's not your mom and dad's faith. It's not your wife's faith. It's your faith. And you have to grow in it. You can't expect your heroes in your life to live the faith for you. So, hey, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for Phil uh, for this topic. I was hesitant to address it because I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't like kicking people when they're down and I don't like throwing out dirty laundry. Um, and, uh, the people I mentioned, uh, I, I, I pray for them and, and I, I still respect them and I pray that the Lord still uses them in ministry because both of them are strong in doctrine and uh, I, I pray for, 
nothing but the best best for them. And even Elizabeth Holmes with her uh, business, she was she was her heart was in the right place, but um, lack of accountability can lead you astray. Hey, thanks for stopping by. I love you guys. Let's do this again tomorrow, okay? Bye-bye now. When the house fell asleep, there was always a light. And it fell from the page to the eyes of an American boy. In a storybook land, like a dream, what I read, what it went to my head and say, I wanna be a hero. The question was still When you grow up, what will